everybody. Welcome back to Thursdays Are For The Girls, a podcast about all things, but mostly sports. I'm Kennedy. I'm Molly. I'm Emily. And we are your hosts. (laughs) It is NFL week here on Thursdays Are For The Girls. The Super Bowl was just a few short days ago. And the Tom Brady won his seventh ring, but don't worry, we'll get into that. We are going to be recapping this entire NFL season, talking about basically everything that happened in the last six months. Things we forgot about, things that were awesome and important in the history of the sport. But also just some things that were very strange. It was a strange football season, and we're going to talk about it. It was strange. It was, it was strange. I, I watched a little bit of it in the beginning when I was living with in the these two lovely women. Then I stopped watching it. I never really paid attention to it. It was just kind of, you know, pure entertainment for me. I never really paid attention. I've always, like, liked the NFL, and I would watch, like, the Titans and, like, the Saints sometimes, you know, pulling my dual fanship. But it wasn't until I started playing fantasy football mm-hmm. that I really kept up with the NFL as a whole. And I feel like I just got really into – I really like fantasy football and, like, fantasy sports in general. And so that is where, like – that's when I really started paying attention to the NFL as a whole. And then I took a class where the whole semester we talked about the collective bargaining agreement – and if the NFL had the right to make players stand for the national anthem. And so that is where, like, I really got into the NFL. It's good stuff. I have done fantasy football before, and I really enjoy fantasy, doing fantasy sports. Um, But even so, I would just hope to God and, and pray that whoever I had on my team would get points, but I didn't really know how it worked. Or who they were. Or who they were, exactly. You and some NFL teams alike don't know what they're going to do with their rosters at That's this a good point. point. Uh, exactly. So I feel like we can't talk about the NFL without talking about the fact that the NFL pulled off a full season of football safely with fans in the majority of the venues. And then obviously we ended with the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay or in Tampa. I don't know why I said it like that. The Super Bowl in Tampa, Tampa Bay. And yeah, there were 25,000, 25, 25,000 fans there. And it was a good time. Obviously, we'll get into who won later. But the NFL lost almost $4 billion uh. in estimated revenue because of the pandemic. So, like, despite the fact that they were able to pull it off mm-hmm. and we did have a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl champion, the NFL still suffered a lot. And so I think that that has already impacted next season because, like, they're adding a 17th game to make back some of that revenue that they lost. And I think that as the offseason progresses, we'll see more and more changes and little things to help the NFL make up for a lot of that revenue. Mm-hmm. The NFL was also one of the leagues that added two teams to the postseason, yes. which allowed for them to kind of make a hair more money back from all the money they mm-hmm. lost. But a lot of leagues did that. Baseball. Base- baseball, baseball made the same decision. I don't really know what the NBA ended up doing. They were in a bubble. Like, they ended in the middle of a season and had right. to come back. So that was a little different. But... And there were arguments that college football should expand their playoff because of COVID. So there are different things that were changed because of the COVID season. There were two teams added to the playoff. 
there were games that happened on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and just because weird days, you had to have players socially not socially. There were games that were postponed and games that were canceled, and questions that Mm -hmm. came up as to who gets like I guess in quotation special treatment or like there are different standards for different teams. Like those kinds of questions came up, so that was really interesting. There were also rules like. Players weren't allowed to swap jerseys after games, and there were all kinds of, like, precautions that were taken into effect that maybe the players didn't agree with or the coaches didn't agree with, but they wanted to play. Um, I think right when the NFL announced they weren't doing a bubble system, everybody was kind of like, I don't really know if this is the right choice. Like, maybe they should opt for the bubble. Mm -hmm. What's up? I feel like that decision has to do with the amount I feel like there's just so many more people on the team and ro- and on staffs of football teams and there are other sports I don't know if that's true but it always seems like there are so many more on field what's your question like is that why they didn't go into a bubble well the, the reason that they didn't go into a bubble is because basketball is one of the only sports that a bubble makes sense for. Yeah. One, because they were already halfway through their season. Two, because of traveling. It's a lot easier to – you only have to have one court technically. And, like, for a football team, there's no way that they could host yeah, that's what that I many meant. games in one place. Because, like, when, when the NBA moved to Disney World and to those facilities, there's, like, multiple gyms and multiple – or, like, places that they could play that are right there together. There's nowhere like that for football. Yeah. There's nowhere like that for baseball either. And so it doesn't work. Also, I do know that the players did not want to play in a mm-hmm. bubble. That's something that was talked about before the season, and they were very much against it. They were fine with the protocols and the testing things that were, like, set up by the NFL, but they did not want to play in a bubble. Yeah, I think that was, that was my point. Like, I yeah. think just it it wouldn't have worked for the way football is no it's generally just, it's, speaking and, and it is because of you know there is such a larger roster for a football team versus a basketball team but also the nfl like wanted to try and get fans in if they could do it yeah. in a safe matter or like mm-hmm. manner i don't know what i just said manner yeah yeah so that was something that was really important to the nfl and it may be for a financial reason but you know I think that it was also just good for people to be able to go out and enjoy a sport safely. Like, that's not something that they had been able to do yet until the NFL came back. Baseball wasn't having fans. The NBA was obviously in its own bubble. And Mm -hmm. so it kind of, I don't know, I think it just gave a lot of people something to do, which was nice. But we pulled it off. The COVID season happened. And... Yeah. I want to wait. I want to talk about the, the different standards that, like, there was, like, a question brought up about, like, games being canceled versus postponed, depending on what team you yeah. are. That's very generally speaking. I don't know what teams were involved. I kind of forget. It wasn't necessarily games getting canceled versus games getting postponed. It was the Broncos-Ravens game. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't Broncos-Ravens. It was, it was Steelers-Ravens. Steelers got pushed back because... I think they were supposed to play on Thanksgiving. Yes. And they got... They it got pushed all the way to Tuesday. Postponed. So that happened, and that was because there were a bunch of team, a bunch of guys on both teams that had COVID, and they were going to have to quarantine, and they were going to be out with a with without a bunch of their guys. 
But then on the other hand, there were two other games. The Broncos versus somebody else. I don't remember who it was. The Saints. The Saints. They had to play that game. The NFL said, nope, you're playing as scheduled. I don't remember what day it was. Whatever. You have to play. Sorry. Well, all of the Broncos quarterbacks... Right, Every single right, right. someone in the Broncos quarterback room got COVID, so that meant all of their quarterbacks had to mm-hmm. quarantine because they didn't do what the Bills did with Jake Fromm. Right. So the Broncos didn't have a quarterback. They ended up having to sign someone from their practice squad for like a single game deal. And then on top of that, they wanted to sign one of their assistant coaches mm-hmm. because he was like, I don't know, he was like in his 30s, 40s, I don't know. But like had experience playing in the league as a quarterback. They were like, we're just going to sign this assistant coach, and the NFL told them no. It wasn't that there's a different standard, and it wasn't that some teams were allowed to do things because of who they were. It was just because of COVID. Like, the NFL didn't have a protocol for what happened if a team had all the other players except for one position. Like, that's not something that... And I, you can't really blame them for not having, like, a contingency yeah. plan for that to happen. And so they kind of have to base it off of percentage. Okay, well, are there enough people to play this football game? Yes, there are. Mm-hmm. Then you play the football game. And yeah. The problem was they just kind of had to take each situation as it came to them. And so from the outside looking in, it looked like some teams were allowed to do things that others weren't. And some games were getting postponed when others weren't. But the problem is that the situations weren't comparable at all and so Mm -hmm. yeah it sucks that the Broncos had to play a whole game without a quarterback obviously they lost that game like there was no chance but at the same time they could play the game they were only missing that one position it just gets tricky when you start making exceptions for some things and not others because it looks unfair depending on like which side you're on and I don't think that the NFL handled every situation perfectly but I honestly think that they did the best that they could do. Yeah. yeah. And then there was another game where the Lions had had fired their head coach and their interim head coach got COVID and they were not allowed to postpone that game either, mm-hmm. playing with an interim, interim head coach. Do I personally agree with what they did? Probably not. I think that if college football could figure out how to have protocol in order for covid situations and the nfl should have been able to like mm-hmm. college football had mm-hmm. a rule that you had to have a certain number of quarterbacks on your roster and if you didn't have a number, certain number of quarterbacks active you couldn't play the game and it was just strictly you had to have a certain number of each position that was active and ready to play and if you didn't meet one of the requirements your game was postponed it's not really obviously not easy to come up with contingency plans on such short notice for something like covid but i feel like i do agree with kennedy like if if leagues were able to come up with these kinds of plans i feel like it should have been a little like i'm not saying they weren't well prepared but i feel like there could have been a little bit more preparation if they could have i don't know i mean i guess i i just still feel like they did the best that they could because there are so many situations that they they couldn't possibly come up with a contingency plan for every single one of them and so it's easy to sit now like sit back now and say oh they should have had a plan for that when in all reality like there were so many things going on between testing the players making Mm -hmm. sure everything was safe that like sometimes things are going to slip through the cracks and 
it's not something that individual teams could have a plan for. It's a league-wide yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. And so I don't think that – the fact that they pulled the season off at all, I think, says enough. And, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong. Definitely. This is not me praising NFL administration. Like, I have lots of qualms <laughs> with them and, like, lots of things that I don't like. But I think that they did – I think they did the season well. Yeah. I think that there were just a lot of things that – they didn't think about in yeah, as an right. administration of a league you can't right. just not think about things right but again like these weren't things that they thought they were gonna have to think about like we look at how anyone has handled covid and like they do the best they can but when you're managing a league of of 30 teams across an entire country and you're also managing testing the staff in addition to the players like and also it's kind of up to the players that's the thing that I think we're forgetting is like it's also the players responsibility to do their job Mm -hmm. and take the season seriously and do their part and here's the thing you can do your part and you can still get COVID and that definitely is probably just something that happened but I just don't think that I think the NFL did a good job and it did the best job that they could do I I will agree with that I feel like we can wrap up the the one well, I mean, don't really wrap up the COVID conversation because it was like the kind of the bookends of the season. Molly and I found this article online where it was just kind of like the top headlines. This was before the season. It was just like things to look forward to in this NFL season. In between that and just like thinking about and reflecting on the NFL season, just like things that happened. <laughs> First off, Joe Burrow got hurt. Yeah. Uh-huh. Only played a few games in his rookie year. Let me... Don't worry, I'll take the lead on this one. Um, <laughs> look, I feel really bad for Joe Burrow, first of all, for many reasons. The first one being that he doesn't know me. The second one being that he has the worst offensive line. Like, I don't know if they're statistically the worst offensive line in the NFL, but, like, the reason Joe Burrow got hurt is because... The Bengals' offensive line is garbage, and that's really unfortunate to see someone that young with that much potential having a really good season, especially with a team like the Bengals, just get hurt in that way. It was a gross injury. It's not something that mm-hmm. I enjoyed watching. Right. But hopefully he'll be back. Yeah. Do you want to know? Do you want to know what other in, what other injury I did not enjoy watching? I think it was Dak Prescott. Oh, Dak Prescott. Yeah. That was yeah. nasty. That was a that was also an unfortunate injury because this is the last year of his contract. And from what I've heard, the Cowboys actually are are working with him on a new contract. Yeah. But it just sucks because again, it's the same thing with Joe Burrow. You hate to see someone that young having that good of a season fall apart. Fall get hurt like that. It's yeah. it's just really unfortunate. It's part of the game, but it just Other injuries. My favorite injury story from this year is Alex Smith. Oh, I was about to be like Kennedy. Yes. You're not a favorite, favorite injury, injury story. Because well, comeback, well, and he also he won, won comeback, comeback player of the year. year. Uh, that's another thing to talk about this year. The Washington football team changed their name. And they might not be changing it to anything else because the ball like team it. is in the running. I think it's in the top four. I'm kind of a fan, if I'm going to be honest. I don't mind it, but I think that it's just from what I heard, the other leader was the Red Tails, which honors um, an African-American fighter. It was the first African-American pilot fighter fleet. pilot fleet. I don't know. That's a tongue terms. twister. Fighter pilot fleet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm with it. Which I like. I do yeah. like 
red tails, kind of a, formerly known as the Redskins, mm-hmm. kind of a, not too much of a brand, I mean, obviously it's a brand change right. from one questionable term to a not so questionable term, term. Yeah. but uh, yeah, Alex Smith, just such a good story. If you don't know Alex Smith, Alex Smith's story, I'm not actually going to go into details about it because I could probably talk about it for hours and yes. hours, but it was just so good to see him. I don't know if you watched the video of him after he won Comeback Player of the Year. Yes. It was like the dead, like the Washington football team made a like dedication video to him, and mm-hmm. it was so precious. He yeah. had do you a really know something rough that, year. Do you want to know something that I know about Alex Smith? Oh God, um, not anything about him. But speaking of Alex Smith, I was reading this thing before that said. The latest USA Today mock draft has Mac Jones going to the Washington football team under him. So that's kind of fun. That actually wouldn't be a bad pull from yeah, Mac that's, Jones. Yeah, that's something that they've been talking about for a while. That would be interesting. I think that's the most probable place. I think Alex Smith definitely ends up in coaching after mm-hmm. um, he's done with his football career. But he had a rough um, year. Spent a lot of it in the hospital. Well, it's been, like, he hasn't played in, like, two or three seasons. Right. After his injury. And he had, like, I, I want to say over over ten surgeries, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was Like, a ridiculous like amount a ridiculous of surgeries. surgeries. They thought he was going to lose his leg at one point. Like, just a lot of things. And the fact that he was able to come back and maybe not be, a, you know, a Super Bowl contending quarterback, but come back and play in the NFL. Get to at least take a snap right. in an NFL That game. is... It's it's absolutely insane. It's just one of those, you know, we're all, like, into the storytelling side of sports. And that is one of those things mm-hmm. that just makes me so happy. And it, right. it just reminds me of why I'm, like, going into this career anyways. It's because, like, yeah. that's the best part of sports right. right there. It was emotional. And then the Washington football team apparently has all the emotions this season because their head coach, Ron Rivera... Battled cancer during the season. He literally would take like IV treatments at halftime. Right before their playoff berth, he was declared cancer free. Mm -hmm. He is in remission and watching i watched a video of him like ringing the the, bell bell, yeah and i cried. I just the Washington football team went through so much this past year. I really think just like as a franchise as an administration just Mm -hmm. as a whole collective they just deserved a heart award i don't even know they just no i agree they did they dealt with so much more than just players getting hurt in the season and covid okay other things that happened this season let's talk about other this season yes we dealt with covid yes there were a lot of emotions all across the league but there were a lot of things that players did off the field that stood up for things they believe in. Mm -hmm. So going back to the Black Lives Matter movement, talking about everything that the NFL did for that, players going to marches, leading the charge on marches. Right. Yeah. And just kind of speaking out. I've always been an advocate for, like, athletes speaking their mind. I don't believe – there was this thing where – People were getting mad at Tom Brady for not saying something. Mm -hmm. And I think the way I see it is you shouldn't be ridiculed for not... Or you shouldn't be ridiculed for saying something, but you also shouldn't feel obligated to To say say something. something. Yeah. Because some players, 
and athletes do believe that it's something that they can believe in in private and not necessarily say something about. Right. But I think that people sometimes think that if you're not saying something, you don't believe in it. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. Well, it's just the, they have a platform and it's an optional platform. Like just Mm -hmm. because you're a football player doesn't mean you have to be a social activist. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that if you, like you said, it doesn't mean that if you maybe don't speak out against these things that, you know, you feel a certain way or you, like, don't support them. It's becoming more common with younger players yes. to be part of this. But you have to think about, especially, like, Tom Brady. I remember when that was happening and, like, some older quarterbacks in the league, people were like, oh, why aren't they speaking out? Why aren't they speaking out? Well, you don't know the conversations that they're having in private. You don't know the things that they're doing off the field. I mean, literally the career that I want to go into is nonprofit work with athletes and athletic organizations. And... I could I could count or I could talk forever about the amount of things that players are doing off the field that you never hear about right. because mm-hmm. they're good things they're not scandalous they don't get attention so I guarantee you that you know your favorite player may not be speaking out about this but go look at what charity work they're doing go look at what their personal life and like the things that they're choosing to spend their time doing and you'll often see that these are good people that are doing a lot of good for their communities and where they live and mm-hmm. just because it doesn't line up with what you think they should be doing or it doesn't line up with what also, this is a totally different topic, but a lot of people today have the concept that just, like, words equal, like, activism and words equal change, and they do to an extent, but going out and, like, actually being active in your community is mm-hmm. going to do more, and that's what a lot of these players are doing. You have to think about it. They're football players. They're not – they didn't set out to be influencers. They didn't set out to be yep. political Activists. activists at all. Like, that's not really their job. It can be a part of who they are, but – they shouldn't they're not required to do it and i don't think they should be judged for not saying something yeah it goes back to what we were talking about last week not last week on in saturday's extra innings episode where we were talking about the staffords and how Mm -hmm. matthew stafford doesn't even use social media and he is genuinely genuinely generally one of the younger quarterbacks in sports Right. Mm-hmm. In sports, in football. I don't even know what I'm saying, apparently. <laughs> You're doing great. But, Quarterbacks like, sports. he's not the type to be, like, on social media right. and, like, doing all this stuff. But he'll write this heartfelt, heart-wrenching, tugging-at-your-heartstrings article in the Players' Tribune mm-hmm. about how we need equal representation yes. in sports. And I stand with these people. And So it's not necessarily about them tweeting every other minute that... We need equal representation. It's about them, like, believing in it. Right. And 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 just because... Have you ever looked at Tom Brady's Twitter? It's all branded shit. Tom Brady does not... I I his fully, own tweets. Yeah, <laughs> I wholeheartedly doesn't. believe he has somebody who runs his Twitter for him. Oh, absolutely. And it's all branded stuff. So, so like, many it's just, players uh, it's do. It's just a thing. Right. And right. It's, it's just because... Especially like, the older ones. There are, like, there are some people, like Juju Smith-Schuster, who I say would is probably the most active NFL player on, like, social media as a whole yeah like there's that and then there's like Matthew Stafford who doesn't even have social media right so mm-hmm. you can't judge one player by one standard and another player by another standard it mm-hmm. just it is what it is but I think that equal representation is something that is important and sports as a whole kind of has this concept or like just because of the way that sports have evolved is like representation is something that's being talked about a lot recently because people are breaking into positions that they've never had before. For instance, we had the first female 
efficient at a Super Bowl this yes. past year. On top of that, the NFL had Katie Sowers became the first female coach in Super Bowl history with the San Francisco 49ers, which is in, which was in February of last year, so mm-hmm. the last Super Bowl. Um, in September, the Cleveland-Washington game marked the first time in NFL history both teams had a female coach in a game also refereed by a woman. So it was the Champions first game that women in sports. there was a woman on both coaching staffs, right. but there was also a female official. And then in November, Callie Brownson from the Browns was the first woman to work as an NFL position coach when she so oversaw the tight end group for the Jaguars. I love that. Across all sports, we see women rising into, I guess, positions of power or just administrative roles. We had the first female kicker score points Mm -hmm. in, or the first female player score points points in a college football game this past year. The first female player to take part in a power five game and right. the same girl but same difference it's been really awesome to see women step into these roles mm-hmm. katie sowers who is the one that coached in the super bowl last year in last year's super bowl super bowl 54. 54 is also the first openly gay coach on a football roster i just think it's really cool we actually had roster Staff. Staff. (laughs) Someone said to us the other day, they were like, oh, I don't know why people keep pushing this, like, representation thing in sports because it just, like, like, they want equal representation. Why are they pushing it? And I could not have been, first of all, I had to be like, Molly, we're not going to jail today, so (laughs) think about how you respond to this person. Because it was someone who I know very well and I feel like they they like I know this person like they had good intentions but the way that they said it I was like are you kidding me like when I see that that is the coolest thing to me when I see a woman coach or like I know this is totally different sport but when I see Kim Ng doing what she's doing that is the coolest thing to me. Right. Yeah. That is the coolest thing. Like my, If I have daughters, they're going to grow up thinking that they can be an NFL coach, that they can be a Major League Baseball general manager, that they can be a vice president or even a president at that time because representation matters and we should talk about it. It doesn't dilute it and it doesn't make it any different. You know, okay, let's look at this. The NFL is primarily African-American, but if you look at the coaches and the owners, they're primarily white. Right. The representation doesn't match up, and the representation is important to talk about. Right. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get into the NFL as an African-American, but it's not easy to rise in the NFL. Right. Yeah. And, and that's something that, like... That goes across leagues, too. It's not just the NFL. Oh, yeah. Right. No, it definitely does. And, like, my thing is, why does it matter to you if we're talking about... Like, I don't plan... Look at me. I will never play in a NCAA football game. Okay. I will never play in it. But seeing Sarah Fuller kick a field goal or an extra point and score or even just, like, That's just so groundbreaking. That is so cool to me. Yeah, it's just cool. And it just shows that, like... And it goes back to the people who... This is my thing. In 2021, Mm -hmm. I know we're already a month into it, but in 2021, we are canceling men who trash on women who do things that they can't do. Yes. Because you were not successful in your high school football career doesn't mean you need to trash on a girl who is a successful college football player. I mean, don't get me wrong. Her first kickoff ever wasn't the greatest kickoff I've ever seen. Right. But she was the first kicker in a Power 5, or the first woman in a Power 5 and it was, I'm not going to lie, like, even being around and in, like, in and around people that work in sports and, like, hearing it in the back being like, 
oh, she better not shank this kick. Like, who cares what she does with the kick? Right. Well, it's like the tweet that said, why are y'all getting mad at Sarah Fuller for playing a men's sport when the Vanderbilt football players also can't play a men's sport? You know, like, it's just... It's, she was the best player on that field. Right, that and it, the thing is, like, you don't even have... Like, Sarah Fuller doesn't have to be a Lou Grazo Award Finals. Like, she doesn't have to be the best, but just seeing her there is really cool. Right. And, like, obviously there's not a head coach or even, like, an assistant coach that is a female, but just knowing that there's female representation is super important. That's, like, kind of... I know we talked about this on the podcast before because you... Kennedy said something about how... Or maybe it was you, Molly, about someone getting mad that all of these women were, like, starting to be coaching, starting to get these coaching positions in men's sports. And they were like, women shouldn't be coaching men's sports. But then you turn around and you're like, why are all these men coaching women's sports then? Yep. Alabama's, Alabama's softball coach is a man. The volleyball coach before the one right now was a man. The soccer coach is a man. Right. Why can men coach women's sports, but Ooh. women... I hate... You know what I hate? Tell me. My biggest pet peeve is when when men will say, how can a woman coach a sport she never played? How can a man coach a sport he's never played? I understand soccer is, like, pretty much the same across both genders. And I understand that softball and baseball are sort of similar. Then why can't it work both ways? Exactly. Because that's, there's, there are, like, several women who've gotten, like, hitting coach positions or, like, player development, you know, like, that sort of thing. And if you look at them, they all played softball. It is a comparable sport. Mm-hmm. It may not be the exact same, but it is comparable enough. The only difference is the play. baseball, the bases are closer together. Right. I it's mean, not the only difference. It's the mechanics and, the, and that sort of thing might be a little bit different, but it's right. comparable enough that you can, I don't know, it just, ugh. Anyways. It also strikes frustrates me because if I can tell you what like type of offense an NFL team is running Mm -hmm. or if I can tell you what type of play what type of route Devontae Smith just ran why can me casually watching football being able to tell you that what type of route Devontae Smith just ran Mm -hmm. not convince you that if someone actually studied the sport they could figure it out yeah that's the thing you don't I, I will stand by this I have a concept of baseball that does not come from being a player and I know that but it doesn't mean that my it's not valuable right like it doesn't mean that it it can't matter and look I'm not going into like I'm not gonna be a coach like don't worry but even it's not even in coaching positions it's just any positions administrative people have said before oh why do you want to work in baseball you obviously never played baseball first of all I played t-ball as a kid so back off second of all (laughs) I my knowledge of the game comes from, one, watching the game for my whole life, but two, it comes from reading players' experiences and reading and, and talking to players, reading their autobiographies, reading what it's like to be a player, combining that with what I know it's like to be a fan, and look at that. You have a really cool interpretation of the sport that's of baseball. Like, that's like any male college-aged fan thinking that they can coach Alabama football. <laughs> or being like, gotta catch that. I would have made that catch. Okay, Chad, no, you wouldn't have, okay? There's a reason that you're not on the football team, okay? There's a reason Slow your down. football career go, ended go junior. Back and right. I, your I know line. that you could have gone D1. I totally know you could have gone D1 if you didn't mess your knee up. I get that. But calm down. Go, Honey, go, you're never going to coach in the go NFL. Go back to your sorry. house and drink your boxed wine Ugh. and yell at your TV. 
Anyways, so there's that. Representation matters. Roll time, More everybody. representation in sports. Oh, Let's talk I about the fact. I enjoyed that rant. Go women. That was good. That was a good one. <laughs> Let's talk about the fact that NFL players started speaking out about mental health this past year. Yes. Mental health I matters. I think that this was, this is a part of sports that it really is really, really not talked about. Never. And I know, for instance, Dak Prescott is one of the ones who opened up about that a lot this past year. And it's been a lot more common to see i guess i think i have something to say it's a lot more common amongst male sports now than it was because yes it's obviously not talked about in at all like enough but i think that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i will go back and say like women's sports have has talked about mental health in their athletes before Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's becoming more talked about in men's sports, and that's why it's getting more recognition. Right. Well, for years, if you I don't know if you guys have really read a lot of players who played in the 90s, early 2000s autobiographies, and in almost every single one of them, they talk about struggling with it, but they mention something about how, you know, it's something that I struggled with, privately because it wasn't you're not supposed to something that you it. opened up about like in specifically Nolan Ryan he talks about it a lot and he talks about how his wife is you know was the one who really got him through a lot of the tough mental times and I think that it's it, it's really disheartening to see players not being supported in these ways and I think honestly like what you're saying Emily I think it it really is the fact that men are held to a different standard when it comes to exp- uh, like expressing emotions. Mm-hmm. And that's really difficult because like it's just easier for women to express emotions in a public way. It's perceived differently by, you know, o- an audience. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of men don't talk about it. But this past season, Dyke Prescott and then a tight end for the Falcons both opened up about it. So Dak Prescott's brother actually committed suicide. And so that's kind of where his, after he was hurt and like, just, I don't, you get hurt, the your season's over, it's the last year of contract. He was in a tough spot. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like there are things that come about from like going through something like that. Like having someone close to you take their own life like it happened kind of a while like it was last year early last year but it's just something that you it's not something you get over and then on top of that he was thrown into the ringer with all of his injury stuff so he spoke out about it and then on top of that like molly said there was a tight end for the falcons hayden hurst who actually announced in february that he had attempted suicide and he he realizes that it's something that players don't speak out about because there's always been the stigma like we're not going to talk about it you suffer in silence like I hate that the suffer in silence thing really just throws me for a loop because they're just if anything the NFL should be doing so much for them like the NFL has the means to be helping these players and they're just letting them oh, suffer 100%. in silence right that, and if that they would just kind so of much. like it's like you have so many resources to help these people but like w- like what are you doing 
Well, actually, they have been... There's a lot of things that have been happening in the past, I would say, five to seven years to support players' mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, There are sports psychologists for every team. Mm -hmm. There are more opportunities for counseling and therapy. So I I would be... I'd be careful criticizing what they're doing at the moment because it's so much better than it's ever been before. Oh, yeah. But the problem is it's still something that it's been, and it may not even be something that players themselves deal with. For instance, Dak Prescott, I'm sure he has had some mental struggles, but his comes from a family member. And right. so I think it's a lot of just it, players opening up about their own mental health struggles, but also players mm-hmm. opening up about the mental health struggles that they've dealt with um, due to relationships yes. that are close to them. I was going to say, I think that it's also important to know, to note that, Yes, these organizations might be doing, like, as much as they can for now, but it's also up to the player's discretion to talk about because it's such a personal subject. So, like, again, I'm going to criticize myself for kind of going off two seconds ago. I don't know what these teams are doing for their players, but it's also, like, again, up to the player's discretion to to come out and talk about it. I think it's important to talk about, but you, you do that when you're ready and on your own terms. Right. right. I think there's a difference between having the resources for them to talk about it and making them feel comfortable enough to mm-hmm. talk about it. Yeah. And that's where it comes down to, like, you can say we have a psychologist and you can come talk to us whenever you want. But it's still just such a mindset across not even just, like, the sports world, just, like, the male gender. gender right? that you don't talk about even mental health. Not even just the male health. gender against every gender. Like, who want like... Right. I think I, I definitely think it's the the coming out about your struggles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why it's so important when people like Dak Prescott and Hayden Hurst are speaking out about it publicly. And, like, those are just two NFL players. Like, right. there's tons more across all of the major sport leagues um, in the U.S. And so it's definitely becoming more and more common. And so I hope that that will lead to more support and just being more comfortable talking about this not even publicly but just to the the support that they're given so yeah so another civic duty that the nfl decided to do in this past year was on election day not only did they open up their facilities for like general election services and such but they also closed the all NFL facilities on election day. They launched the NFL votes initiative. And so they encouraged their players to get registered, their administration to get registered, anybody in their, within their franchises, get registered to vote. And it, they, they took a day off. Nobody across the entire NFL, whether it was, whether you were a maintenance person for the Cleveland Browns or the owner of the L.A. Rams. Nobody went to Brady work. Himself. They all went out and voted. Or Tom Brady himself. <laughs> you had the opportunity to vote. And I think that's just another thing that I think in 2020, we were all kind of stuck at home and it sucked. But I think that 2020 was kind of what the world needed to talk about mental health, to talk about equal representation, to talk about the importance of voting and the world was able to talk about things right, and it started with these people who have voices right it's less of a it, it it broke down the barriers of and this is one of the things that i have a real big problem with 
when people talk about it is that when people say that sport and politics don't mix or sport and social justice don't mix no that's that's not true at all just because that's the way it's been before doesn't mean that's the way it should be they absolutely mix you are it is a league made up of people who have opinions who have feelings about things and you have to take all of that into consideration, especially with the rise of social media. They have personal platforms where they can talk about the things that they want to talk about that are important to them. And so I think that the NFL as a whole taking a step towards voting, I know that I'm not sure about the NFL, but some like sporting arenas are now hosting sites for like vax like vaccinations yes. for COVID-19. And so it's just... Roger Goodell actually just sent the letter like two days ago. Yeah, so it's like there are a lot of things that the NFL is doing as a whole to just like how can you be upset about the NFL it's, having an an initiative to get people to register to vote? That's an awesome thing. They're not right. telling anyone who to vote for, but they're just That's giving a right people for every an opportunity American. and a reason. Right. Right. And it wasn't even like you have to vote. It was if you want to vote and if your only way you can vote is going to vote during your work hours, business hours, mm-hmm. we're going to make it so that you can go do right. that. Yeah. We're going to allow you. We're going to show you how to register to vote. We're going to walk you through how to, to go vote. Right. We're going to allow you to get, especially because a lot of times people, this is going to get a little complicated here, but the cities where nfl facilities are Mm -hmm. a lot of times they're low poverty areas Mm -hmm. and the people who work in those facilities not necessarily obviously not like the owners but like the janitors the equipment people right though a lot of times those people don't have access to things to allow them basic rights like registering to vote and so the nfl sticking up for everybody Everybody from their owners down to their maintenance guys yeah. was just a huge thing in, in the last year. Yeah, I think that that's something that makes me really happy because, like, and this is an odd example, but my parents always told me growing up, like, you treat normal people that you would interact with in your everyday life with the same amount of respect as you would, like, the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. And they just, like, use that general example as, like, everyone is important. And I think that it's really cool to, to watch a league as big as... Um, as the NFL is and as expansive as its outreach programs go to to have this message that says everyone is important everyone matters and like that's really cool Mm -hmm. to me just because you don't see that a lot like there are initiatives that target certain groups of people and there are initiatives that target certain things but to see one that is kind of like hey you guys all matter and we think it's really important that everyone has the opportunity to vote like, that's super cool. And right. that's not to say that there's not more... That's not to say that there's not more work to be done, obviously. Right, but I think we should appreciate... Yeah. There's always going to be more work to be done. Right. But, and you can say that for literally anything, but yeah. you got to start somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Do I agree with what Roger Goodell does every day? Absolutely no. not. No. But do I think that he allowed... I'm not even going to say, like, because I'm going to be honest. I don't know what role he played in a lot of this stuff. Not much. But he never tried to stop them. And he even went as far as to say, like, it wasn't like when people were like, oh, when Colin Kaepernick was kneeling, you guys kicked him out of the league. Like, we recognize that that happened. And he was, Colin Kaepernick was allowed to, like, kind of make his way back into the NFL this Mm -hmm. past year. 
unfortunately, he wasn't able to. It's it's been what six years since he played on an NFL yeah, roster. It's been a long he, time. he wasn't gonna make an NFL team. I'm sorry, but it was just the fact that the NFL didn't do what they did to Colin 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 Kaepernick in 2020. Yeah, I don't know. I think that. You know, we like I said, we often take a more storytelling approach to sports, and so mm-hmm. obviously this is something that we all find super interesting, and I think that it'll be cool as we like move into that career field of sports to see how it evolves and how it turns into something that can really make a difference. So doing a complete 180 here, we've talked about all of the amazing things that the NFL did in the past year. Let's just talk about some of the bloopers from the NFL year. Let's start with the fact that uh, Lamar Jackson had to use the restroom in the middle of a football game this past year. He 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 claims that he had a cramp, but reports say he was in the bathroom for most of the fourth quarter. <laughs> I mean, look, here's the thing. When you gotta go, when you gotta go. Calls. But that is just really unfortunate. <laughs> um, possibly my favorite blooper from the season came from Mina Kimes. And if you guys don't know who she is, please look into it. She is literally one of the funniest people ever. But Kennedy <laughs> showed me this video <laughs> of her practicing a take for um, NFL Live. For NFL Live. And instead, she's talking about Philip Rivers. And instead of referring to him as Philip Rivers, which is his name, she called him Peanut Butter because she had just eaten a peanut butter sandwich or peanut butter or something, and that was on her mind. And, you know, she says starting quarterback Peanut Butter, and it was literally the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like After the game, <laughs> he played pretty well that week. After the game, she said, Peanut Butter looks smooth out there. <laughs> Like, these people are paid They're to professional do this, journalists. And the fact that they mess up sometimes just makes me feel better about myself. Like, uh-huh. I feel like I would call Philip Rivers peanut butter on accident, it too. It was so good. Another thing that happened, so as we all know, the Oakland Raiders moved to Las Vegas this past year. <laughs> the um, Raiders head coach showed up on the sideline of uh, the football game. And about halfway through the first quarter, they put him on camera on TV and fans started to notice he was wearing an Oakland Raiders hat. <laughs> no, no. He, he just uh, grabbed the wrong thing out of his closet. I mean, it's an honest mistake, but that's, like, so funny. It makes me wonder if he, like, not got in trouble for doing that, but I know that, like, licensing and, like... No, it's, it was my, definitely an actual issue. <laughs> yeah, like, one of my mentors works for the company that, like, negotiated the deal for like the naming rights of the Raiders new stadium. And so I know that that's like, like they're not going to fire him for that, but I wonder what the like implications behind the scene that we like never heard of were. They probably got like fined. No, I feel like he probably did. Like the NFL really loves to find people. Ooh. <laughs> that's a topic for Which time. We may have to record a whole different episode about that because Kennedy and I the other morning sat down. It was like it wasn't even it was 10, 10 in the morning. morning. It's like 9:50 and we're just breaking down the NFL collective bargaining agreement for fun. Just for shits and gigs. Because I got angry at about 7:30 <laughs> because, because Kennedy found out there. how much people get fined for some Do dumb you know, stuff. You get fined $15,000 for a horse collar. Well, it's not even that. Okay, $15,000 for a horse collar is kind of ridiculous, but you also get fined 
$7,000 for throwing a ball into the stands. For throwing a ball into the stands. And I mean, like, these people are making millions of dollars, so I guess it doesn't matter that much. But if I lost, if I had to pay someone $7,000, I would cry. I, I also just really want to bring up the fact that if I wear, like, for example, if my team wears Nike and I wear an Under Armour wristband, uh-huh. I get fined $5,000. But if, God forbid, my brother dies, I don't even have a brother. I don't know why I said God forbid. Kennedy's hypothetical brother, if he hypothetically died, <laughs> and I wrote "R.I.P. my brother" on my shoe, I would get fined five thousand dollars. Right? How is that the same fine? R.I.P. Anyways, my brother. We've come up with a better solution. If you're listening to this and you work for the NFL, please let us present it to you because it's really good and it makes a lot of sense. We've just discovered we're smarter than you. We're guys. Not, I'm not saying that we're smarter than you. I'm just saying there's a better way to do it. But don't worry. That's why we're getting degrees in sport administration. That's yeah, so why we're here. We're here to help. You. We're here. Yeah. We're here to. Better we the who NFL haven't graduated project. college with a degree yet are here to make you better. Okay, that's our plug. You're welcome. <laughs> That's our civic duty. That's our personal plug. Emily, did you say you had some bloopers? I do. I have just like the memes from the other night, which I think is a good segue into the the end of the season. The tweet, the all of the tweets, first of all, with uh, the weekend, like going through the, the space, all of them, all of them make me chuckle just a little bit. But the one that made me laugh so hard was the one that said, the only way Tampa would have lost is if Kevin Cash came out of the stands and pulled Tom Brady. That made that me laugh funny. so hard. Yikes, but, also, <laughs> but also there's this one meme going around now from when Roger Goodell was talking to Sierra and... <laughs> Sierra. Russell Wilson was just, just sitting in the middle looking like he hated his life. No, I remember being like, why does Russell Wilson look like he hates everything? And then I realized he was sitting next to Roger Goodell. So, you know, take that how you will. I just. Yeah, no, there were some really, really funny memes that came from the Super Bowl, like, as, especially from the weekend's halftime performance. Oh like, my God. All, like, literally, top tier comedy. Obviously, the Bucks won at home, which is super cool. First team to ever play in a Super Bowl at home. And they won. That's great. Um, however you feel about Tom Brady, you have to admit he's the GOAT. He is the best. He play, it there was his 10th Super Bowl. Is no argument. Rings. Tom Brady has a better chance of making a Super Bowl than Steph Curry does at making a three-point. That's like a, a legit stat. You can yeah, look that one up. Which that is real. ridiculous make that to one me. Up. That doesn't... My brain doesn't really comprehend that because... That, no, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, no. Like, think about right. it for a while. I've been thinking about it for days at this point, and my brain still hasn't really processed that that is statistically correct. Yeah. Because he has more than possible. 50% uh, chance of making a Super Bowl, apparently. I think it's like... One step, of them has 40... One of them was 47, and one of them was 43. Yeah. So okay, so, like, so Tom Brady's was 47. Yeah, one of them. And <laughs> Tom Brady's chance of making a Super Bowl is 47%. And Steph Curry's chances of making a three-pointer is 43. Which That's is crazy. It, it just, my brain doesn't, doesn't comprehend. The season the started season? with a virtual draft mm-hmm. where we got which, to see Roger Goodell's basement and Right, him which actually asleep. was pretty successful. It was the, like, highest-watched draft in, like, years. It was also the only sporting event on it was, in a six-month span. And I did watch all of it. Um, all seven rounds. I was so bored. But yeah, we started off with a virtual draft. We ended with a Super Bowl in person. Just some of the awards from the season. Aaron Rodgers won MVP. 
which I think he deserved. Yes. I, I know there were some people in our area that were yeah, not Some people didn't like that. that. But then Derrick Henry won Offensive Player of the Year. Don't think you could create a single argument against that one. Aaron Donald won Defensive Player of the Year. Again, don't think that you could create a single argument against that one. Justin Herbert won Rookie of the Year or Offensive Rookie of the Year. I love him so much. Which I feel like makes sense. Also, Justin Herbert cracks me up because I love that he went into college thinking he was going to go to med school and now he plays in the NFL. He graduated <laughs> with a 4.0. Like imagine... No. Not a 4.0 because he got a B in his neuroscience yeah. class. Like, imagine your life goal is to be a doctor, and then you accidentally are good enough at football to play in the NFL. That and is so win funny to me. Uh, offensive rookie, rookie of the year. year. Um, and then, of course, Chase Young him. won defensive rookie of the year. And although I have some not wonderful feelings about Ohio State, um, I love. I Chase like Chase Young. Young a lot. First of all, the man is He's massive. He's so damn cute. He is mm-hmm. so athletic looking. It's insane, but he's adorable. And Not then Rodrigo Kevin Stefanski from the Browns. Oh, God, please don't bring him up. Goggles boy. Um, Kevin Stefanski from the Browns won Coach of the Year, which I actually think, wow. I actually think that's kind of interesting. Not that I disagree with it at all, but I don't know who I expected to be Coach of the Year. I like the pick. I think that he deserves it. I think the Browns. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever watched the video on how statistically bad the Browns are. It's probably the, my favorite video in the whole world. It's like 10 minutes <laughs> long of this guy just monotone talking about how bad the Browns are and comparing it to like these ridiculous scenarios. And it, again, doesn't really make any sense to me how they could be this bad, but they were bad. But now they're not bad anymore. And they have Kennedy's sure. favorite NFL player, Maker Bayfield. <laughs> I freaking love him. Somebody's gonna think that I definitely think his name is Maker. It's I okay. know it's Baker. I'm but getting we a like to say it back. Bayfield jersey. Yummy. I <laughs> love all of the awards. Aaron Rodgers absolutely deserving. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry had some like very specific records that he broke this year, but they um, were yeah. all super impressive. Like first player in NFL history to go three seasons in a row where he rushed for over 200 yards in a game. Very specific, but he was also, also very the impressive. Eighth player to rush for over two thousand yards, and I want to say he's he is second in like list of those yards, like second yes, out of eight. He, yes, um, and then offense. Uh, we just talked about that. Fun fact about Aaron Donald: when the Lions, I saw this on Twitter. I don't know if it's true, but I hope it is. When the Lions it's on Twitter, were it's true, right? Exactly. When the Lions were <laughs> reaching out to the Rams about Matthew Stafford, they asked for Aaron Donald. Do you think they would have gotten Aaron Donald from Matthew no, Stafford? No, I mean, like, no offense to Matthew Stafford. They got Matthew Stafford for Aaron Donald. No, no, I, I don't even know. I wouldn't what to give it to. you Aaron Donald for Matthew Stafford because if you get Matthew Stafford, you also get Kelly Stafford. All right. Uh, but Justin Herbert was my fantasy quarterback. Absolutely carried my team. Like we said, my fantasy time. season was um, unfortunate. Yes. And Chase Young, I really like him. And he played for my favorite of the NFL tw- 2020 NFL teams. I feel like I have like a favorite NFL team. Like I'm a Lions fan. I said that out loud. Yeah. But in 2020, I think my favorite football team was the Washington football? No, that's a lie. I like the Bills. Oh my gosh, like I was Browns. literally gonna say. I, I think was that my gonna say the Bills player or player of the year. That my favorite team from last season was the Bills. I'm. A, I think I'm a Josh Allen stand. I'm definitely a Josh Allen stand. I am not a Jake Fromm stand, but that doesn't really matter because he doesn't play. But I think the Bills are cool. They also have Levi Wallace, who I was going to get his jersey for my birthday, but um, it only came in a five X. Mm, so I settled. Well, I didn't settle. I just 
decided to get a Marlon Humphrey jersey instead. All right, so, so that's the 2020 season. What's next? Here's the thing. It's a long off season. Kennedy told me yesterday. <laughs> Kennedy told me yesterday that there's like 237 days until the next football game, which makes me sad because I I love football. I really do. So yeah, but we got baseball. There's only like 80 something days until the draft, though. Right. We have the. I mean, of course. Don't get me wrong. I will fill my time with baseball, and I will be very happy with it. But I really like football and I'm getting more into the NFL which is like you know it is what it is why do I have an interest in this I don't know but I do um something that is going to make this offseason a little bit different than ones we've had in the past is that last year in the collective bargaining agreement they signed a salary cap that goes into effect this season and it's 180 to 181 million dollars and if you don't know I'm very pro salary cap we're a pro salary cap podcast um speaking for everyone because, <laughs> because oh yeah yes, I, I am I know she is and you have to be I am um, yeah, just because I am. we are just because we are and so but that's gonna make things really interesting you know obviously we have had in recent seasons people sign some ridiculous deals specifically Pat Mahomes and I'm not saying that these players aren't worth that I totally think that they are but I think that paying someone five hundred million dollars. To play a sport is a little excessive. He makes like somewhere around 30 something million right. dollars per game, and he only plays like maybe 30 minutes right. a game. And don't get me wrong, this isn't me saying that I think the, the money that we're not using to pay the players should go to the owners, because that is not what I'm saying. Don't get it twisted. But I do think that a salary cap helps protect, and, and a salary floor helps protect um, players who maybe don't play positions such as quarterback, wide receiver, right. certain defensive positions that get a lot of attention. It's your linemen who come in day in and day out. They're the best at what they do, but because they're not a high-profile um, player, they're not getting paid that much. Yes, um, so I, I think that's really important when we talk about trades and trade rumors. Some things that have already happened, obviously Matthew Stafford yes. is with the Rams now. Which Jared Goff to the Lions. Is You know, here's the thing. I feel like Jared Goff... His last name is Goff. His I don't know. first name is Jared. He, he doesn't have a lot going Goff. for him right now. <laughs> other than the fact that he Goff. plays for... Goff. Why are you just yelling Goff. Goff? Oh my god, wait, what the hell? Goff. Goff. Sorry, I keep saying no. Goff. It's like from Mary Poppins. Travers Goff. Okay. Um. Anyways, I don't really get it. But I don't I don't think I've ever sat down and watched Mary Poppins all the way through, which is... The no, that one's movies, actually so from I wish I understood your reference. Well, I did watch that movie, but I still don't remember. Um, yeah, so Matthew Stafford's already gone. Um, if you haven't listened to our Extra Innings episode, number two about underdogs, Kennedy expressed her feelings about this already, but I'm going to give her a chance to give us a quick summary of how do you feel as as our household Lions fan and Detroit gal. Ten seconds ago. What are go. your thoughts? I think... It was a good trade because Stafford needed out of Detroit. He wasn't getting what he needed in Detroit. He wasn't getting what he needed from the team around him. And he's going to be a better fit for the Rams. Also, the Rams are going to make some quote-unquote money moves and maybe uh, make a run for the Super Bowl. I also think that Jared Goff might not be the that quarterback Detroit seconds, needs, but it's the over. quarterback that Dan Campbell <laughs> wants, at least for now. And there is a opt-out on Jared Goff's contract so we can drop him after two years if it doesn't work out. That was beautifully said. Could literally could not that have was done about, it by myself. That was about twenty five seconds. I'm proud of you. I gave you ten seconds and you only went well, fifteen seconds over. Um, I, I expected nothing less. Um, speaking of 
Quarterback trades. Who else is going? I'm going to go here next because he they want that trade. Um, Carson Wentz. Mm. The Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles said, and I quote, we want a Stafford trade. Honey. They didn't get one. You're not going to get they a Stafford trade. Here's my thing. I want to know what they what trade they offered the Lions for Matthew Stafford. Like, who in God's name are the Philadelphia Eagles going to give the Lions Jaylen for Matthew Hurts. Stafford? That's – and who else? Because you got to have – I mean, maybe right. their picks were good. I don't know. I'm sorry. The Eagles – No, the Eagles no. aren't getting squat for Carson Wentz. I'm sorry. I, apparently, the Bears want him. If he goes to the Bears, good luck to him with the Bears. But I just don't see it. I mean, obviously, I see him going to the Bears, but I don't see them getting a lot for him. Right. It's kind of like two mediocre teams are trading mediocre players. That's exactly what the Lions and the Rams did. Except the Rams were like I was about to say, the Rams good. got traded by the Lions. I mean, no. Yeah. Yeah. All they got was Matthew Stafford. Right. But maybe it's what they just needed a change in quarterback. <sighs> maybe that's what they needed. Who knows? I wish the best for Matthew Stafford. His kids are cute. His wife is not. His wife isn't. Okay. Deshaun but Watson! Leading into Deshaun Watson, first Nothing of all, else has happened in the last four days we've spoke about this. No, nothing else has happened. But, again, this is one of those weird moments where a team has control over a player and technically, if they don't want to give Deshaun Watson a trade, they don't have to. Now, will he play for them if they do this? I don't think so, but we'll see. Um, obviously, yeah, Emily said it, you know, there hasn't been any recent developments in the situation, but I think that I am really excited to see where he ends up. If he stays in Houston, does he play? If he goes somewhere else, where does he go? But is he going to go to the Jets? Tell me. Tell me what you think. I've talked to a lot of people that I'm really conflicted with this because, like, I understand the concept of signing a contract and, like, all this stuff. But it kind of goes into, like, what we were talking about the other day. Um, just like with our friends about how like professional sports have gotten to a very like buying and selling type world and there's not a lot of like say in the players from the players end. Mm-hmm. Um, and Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause. So in his new contract that he literally just signed in September, um, he cannot be traded to whatever teams, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's gonna be difficult because first, the Texans have to agree to it. And so far, they are not agreeing to it. And they completely have the right to not agree to it. And then on top of that, they have to get around the no trade clause, which means Deshaun Watson gets a huge say in where he goes. Yep. And he gets to make a huge chunk of that decision, which, me- which means they could end up choosing, having to choose one of the organizations that isn't giving them as great of a deal because he has such a big say because of this no trade clause. And so I think it's going to be really interesting. I would love... A lot of teams that have been thrown around, the Dolphins have been thrown around a lot. I don't really think he ends up with the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are pretty set on... Ryan Fitzpatrick with Tua sitting behind him. I think the Jets are a really good fit. 
Um, I have in my notes for this episode, RIP the Jets, because they were projected to be the number one overall pick and then and get Trevor Lawrence, and it was going to be Trevor Lawrence was going to save the Jets, and then they won a game. Um, and then it was if the Pan- Panthers lost, and or if the Panthers won and the Jets lost, they could still have the number one pick, and then they won again. So they really just blew that for themselves, and they could still get Justin Fields, but I think Deshaun Watson would be a good fit. Um, Robert Sala is the new head coach in New York, and he was one of the, like, highly chased after, um, head coaching prospects in this offseason. He was requested by almost every team to have an interview. Uh, really knows what he's talking about. He's the, he's the, he's he's a defensive-minded guy, so having a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, who is able to kind of not need that extra push from a head coach thinking about the offense, um, is going to be really uh impactful for him but going to the Jets means what happens to Sam Darnold so I think it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up if anywhere else but I do think again this is going back to I understand contracts and I understand just everything that goes into being a professional athlete but if he does not get what he wants he is going to opt out of the season and I've already talked to a bunch of people that say that's not fair to the Texans which I kind of get I get it. It's really not fair to the Texans, especially mm-hmm. because they're under new management right now. They have a new GM. They have a new head coach. These two guys didn't do anything to Deshaun Watson. They just met Deshaun Watson. Right. It comes back to the owners screwed him. And it comes. It also comes back to the fact that Deshaun Watson just kind of trusted them to let him have a huge say. Well, okay. I, I know we've kind of touched on this before, but I think that players when players want a say – you should let them have a say. Do I they agree. make the final decision? No. But a player like Deshaun Watson, if it's important to him to have a say, he is their quarterback. He right. You committed to him as your franchise leader, quarterback. So give him a say. Yeah. But the whole hiring process was sketchy. Everything about it is just a little odd. And so also, the Texans owners don't have a great rep. Right, there's just a lot of a lot of background things about the Texans, and here's the thing, we've talked about this before, Deshaun Watson is a great guy, Deshaun Watson is someone who loves the city of Houston, but if he wants out, that means there's a deeper problem, and here's the thing, it really sucks that someone like Deshaun Watson gets to do this and get out if he doesn't like it, and a lot of other players are just stuck there, I, it, it really sucks, but these are just the situations that arise when the game is focused on certain positions more yeah. than others and it's not anything that Sean Watson did it's not anything that these other players did it's just how it is and I've heard people say that it it would be a different story if there were other players who were talking about it and there were other players who wanted out mm-hmm. but I don't even necessarily think that's the case because I there are reports and like I've seen things where after their last game, T.J. Watt walked up to Deshaun Watson and was like, I'm sorry, we wasted a year of your career. J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt. <laughs> and now he's talking about maybe retiring? Like, Yeah, J.J. Watt is now rumored to have played his last down in Houston. Like, There's a lot of weird things, and it's just really unfortunate, but I think that's probably the biggest trade that, this, that will happen this offseason, if it happens. The other thing is they're saying that it couldn't happen for months. But it needs to happen relatively soon because you're going to go into pro. You're telling me you're going to not decide if you're making this trade before pro days and then go into pro days and not 
You have to decide if you're looking for quarterbacks. Right, well, even the Texans, like, the Texans would be stupid to keep Deshaun Watson if they know that he's going to opt out. Now, if something happens and he sits down with this new head coach who's supposed to be, you know, a really good guy, maybe they talk it all out, they are best buds again before the draft, and the Texans don't need to draft a quarterback. They don't need to focus on getting a quarterback. Okay, that that is what it is. It's whatever. But... Are you raising your hand? Yes. Oh. <laughs> because it's Deshaun Watson. The Jets have the number two overall yeah. pick. You can trade Deshaun Watson for the number two overall pick in plenty more picks. If you could get two fucking first round picks and a third round pick and a starting quarterback for Matthew Stafford, imagine what you, what you can get for Deshaun, Deshaun Watson. Watson. You are going to get the number two overall right. pick and you can take Justin Fields, who is not a, just as good of a starting quarterback, but... Yeah, I He's just, there. Or you could take Zach Wilson. You could get him and you could more take... things that you need. Right. I just, I just want to understand, and like this is one of the things that because we're not in the situation, we obviously like won't know. I would just love to understand why the Texans are so interested in keeping Deshaun Watson. I just feel like they're because being if so he's, petty. I can't tell if they're being petty or if. It's like the new coach coming in, being like, "No, I want to set things right." If it's the new it GM coming in, it's as, not that I, I feel like, it like could have just the be greatest feelings toward him. I feel like it could just. be I, as I don't think it's we simple don't at get, all. I mean, I mean, it, I, I don't know. Like, I was talking to my. They uncle keep about him, and he's unhappy, and he opts out. They keep him, and he's unhappy. He plays. Okay, well, then you're creating a lot of situations. Of that's hit in the locker room, which is yeah, but right. I mean, and that's where you're going to start getting into things where I was they start losing. To he's someone start the other day, yelled. and I was like, "Well, what what do you think about the whole Deshaun Watson Texans situation? Texans don't want to get rid of them." And my uncle was like, "Well, why would they want to get rid of him? Like, obviously they want to keep him." Well, yeah, that's a very that's a very simplistic way of thinking about it. I understand why the Texans right, want I to keep Deshaun Watson, get rid of but if he doesn't want to stay then it doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter what they offer him. It doesn't matter what they can promise him in the future. If he doesn't want to stay, then the whole situation just has a completely different context. He's also gone through the formalities of requesting a trade. Right, which is a big deal. And he already feels like he's been kind of thrown to the wolves by the Texans. Mm -hmm. If they just deny this trade request, he's going to be even more upset. Right, And again, like, I... Before people start coming for our necks because they're like, oh, he signed a contract and oh, he blah, blah, blah. We just spent 45 minutes talking about mental health and football. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to force a player to be in a situation that right. he's uncomfortable, not happy. Well, I'm not saying it's like making how... him depressed, but yeah, it's you're you're putting someone in a situation where they're not comfortable. You're putting right. someone in a situation where he could probably be more successful somewhere else. Because he's going to feel more connected. Like, a huge part of why the Detroit Tigers have su- sucked for so long. I know I completely just switched sports. But a huge part... I'll go back to football. A huge part that the as to why the Lions sucked so bad under Matt Patricia is because nobody respected Matt Patricia. Nobody felt respected by Matt Patricia. Mm-hmm. And everyone felt uncomfortable. They mm-hmm. celebrated when he lost his job. Yep. They popped champagne bottles in the locker rooms. You need, like, there just needs to be some sort of respect across. Because, again, this isn't a college sport. The coach isn't necessarily Mm -hmm. telling the players what to do. It's you're working together to come up with something, not Mm -hmm. working for somebody. As much as your contract says you work for them. I'm sick of people saying 
It's in the contract. I don't give a shit what's in the contract. Amen. Well, here's the thing. The NFL is obviously the biggest sport um, of the major four leagues in the U.S. for a reason. I think that although I disagree with a lot of the things that the NFL does, I think that they're on the right path when it comes to advocating for their players, advocating advocating yeah just making it work down advocating for the things that are important to their players and making an environment where fans feel comfortable talking about things more than just football and you know even it's if it's something as simple as putting end racism at the end of the end zone I do I think that that is gonna alone. that alone is that gonna do anything drastic? No. <laughs> no, but it's just one small example of people see that and and kids kids are gonna grow up seeing these things and they're gonna say, okay, well the NFL doesn't tolerate these things. The NFL doesn't act this way. It, it it's all about right the people peer mentoring and right. and the perception that the NFL gives off. If the NFL is speaking out against these things. Kids are going to start asking questions. They're going to be like, hey, what is that? Why is that on there? Right. And, and hopefully it will lead to mm-hmm. change. Right. Think about who you looked up to as a kid. Like, if those people are... I wanted to be the next Aaron Andrews. If Aaron Andrews said racism was bad, I Amen. believed in her right. so badly. It's the same thing. Our kids are going to grow up watching maybe... Our kids are going to go grow up watching probably the people after this because even our people, athletes our age, are going to be like, we all for having kids. kids. Yeah, really, like Kennedy. In like 10 years, we'll have children probably. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, no, in 10 I years, I will think about having kids. No, not, but like, I even if I had a kid in 10 years, Jake Fromm will probably be retired by then. Well, yeah. So it, it's. We're watching people that. It's breeding. That are going to set the standard for the next generation. Right. Who's going to set the standard for the, the next, next generation. generation? And it's going to be a, just going to be a trickle down effect. Do I believe, believe in trickle yeah. down economics? No, but do I believe in this? Do I know what trickle Again, down back economics to is? No. I said before, representation <laughs> matters. So you see it, yes, it you're going to see it yep. for a while and get used to it, yep. people. Mm-hmm. So hats off to the NFL. Never thought I'd be saying this, um, but you guys are doing a pretty good job. And I'll say what... Not all of you, but some of you. (laughs) And I'll say this. Get on board or get the hell out of the way. Honestly. Well, that's going to be the problem. They don't want to move, but we will run them over. (laughs) We will run them over. (laughs) Listen, she's right. Get on board board or I will hit you with my hypothetical train. All right. Well, go NFL. We're ending off a a college football season, an NFL season. The draft is... Heading its way. Two questions. One. One. Where do you think Mac Jones goes? Two. Which team ends up with the second overall pick? Because currently the Jets have it. Do they keep it? Do they get rid of it? What do they do with it? Okay. Realistically, the answer to question number one is the Washington football team. What do I want to happen? The Saints. Okay. Next question. Um, Realistically, I think that the Jets don't. No, I think the Jets do have the second pick. What do I want to happen? I don't want them to have the second pick because then I want them to have Deshaun Watson. Good. That's my answer. I think Mac Jones goes to the Patriots. Um, I mean, here's the thing. If he replaces I'm all for it. Oh my god, we didn't talk about We didn't talk about And you know what? We're not going to. He sucks. No airtime for you, 
Anyway, can we bleep out every time we say his name? Yeah, we're just gonna bleep it out, and now you have to guess who we're talking about. Sucks. 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 Okay, but Mac Jones goes to the Patriots to. I think they trade the pick, and I think the Texans give in and get the pick. I think they do too. And take Justin Fields, number two overall. Actually, I don't really know what they do with that second pick. Uh, I don't know what they do with the second pick, but I would just like to say, as soon as the They're Jaguars draft Trevor Lawrence, immediately my least favorite team. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. No, the Jaguars. I forgot <laughs> is that Yeah, we didn't even talk about <laughs> We're also bleeping his name out. <laughs> there's no there's no talk about there's no talk about our awesome amazing all right shall we plug go ahead follow us on instagram at thursday's ftg podcast on twitter at thursday's ftg and on facebook we are just thursdays are for the girls you can listen to us on anywhere you listen to podcasts spotify apple Podcasts, etc on anchor where there whatever um yeah personally you can follow me on instagram at em.valerio and on Twitter at isn't underscore Emily, and I post videos on YouTube, and yeah, that's it. Um, my name is Emily Valerio. Okay, next. Woo! You can follow me on Instagram at Kennedy Pleath, P-L-I-E-T-H, and on Twitter at Kennedy Nicole 90 and Molly has recently started her influencer career. <laughs> So she is going to plug her social media now. Um, yeah, so I'm now an influencer. Am I a good influence? No, but I am an influencer. <laughs> so that is my platform. You can follow me Anti on Twitter. Anti-influencer. Anti you can follow me on Twitter at Molly J. Gardner. And you can follow me on... You know what? You know what? You can follow me on Instagram. You can request to follow me on Instagram. I probably will deny it. I don't even know what my Instagram name is. Actually, okay, let's go. Let's move on. I literally don't... I can't even think of it. It's probably my name or something. Cool. I think it's Molly J. Gardner. Isn't it? Yeah, it's Molly. Well, nope. Not telling you. Beep. Beep. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great week. We'll be back on Saturday. We'll be with... back on Saturday. Good Lord. Maybe we'll have a Deshaun Watson trade. We're going to talk about, um, I don't know. Our top five. Top five men. In sports. In sports. Looks wise. Looks wise. So this has been week i don't know what of thursdays are for the 13. girls podcast and wow lucky number 13 goodbye bye, bye.